Hi, Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways we can promote positive change in musical theater. Okay, Tim, what puzzler do you have for us this week? All right, this week I have a fantastic one for you. I'm excited. How many Latinx women have portrayed the title role of Eva Peron on Broadway, internationally, or on a Broadway union tour? Ooh, okay, so we're just talking about those that have originated the role on Broadway. That's correct. When either they were the original concept album, a film, or uh, it was a revival of a production or original Broadway production or an international professional production as well. Okay. So so think about that one. We'll come back around at the very end of this episode and we'll figure out the answer together. That sounds exciting. So what's in the news? This week, we have a few interesting new items to talk about. But the first one is that the 74th Annual Tony Awards are going to take place on June 7th, 2020 at Radio City Music Hall. Wonderful. We are always very excited for the Tony Awards. And um, you have to be, the musicals that are going to be considered for the 2019-2020 season have to be open by April 23rd to be eligible. So we'll think about that and consider that as we start talking about what musicals have been opening because we are keeping a Mm -hmm. tally and a list of all the musicals as they're announced and then as they open. So we only have a few that have opened so far. I think one, maybe two. And that's why we love to be in New York City right before, right around that time because we get to see all those amazing brand new shows that are vying for Tony Awards in previews. So it's a really exciting time to be in the city. Also, the there was an announcement that the a new musical adaptation of the the film The Devil Wears Prada is going to play a pre-Broadway engagement at Chicago next summer in July and August. I heard about this. And I'm really excited. I love this film. I think it's um good strong women, mm-hmm. strong female roles, which is which is exciting. Um directed by a female, Anna Shapiro. So we'll just have to keep our eyes open to see what happens with this musical after it has a little pre-Broadway run and see if it transfers. I really hope it does translate really well from the film because the movie was so iconic. Meryl Streep was just legendary in that role. I think she got a an Oscar nominee or won the Oscar for that role. I do not know the answer to that question, but I if she didn't, <laughs> she deserved it. She deserved it. <laughs> she was it was one of her best, of yes. course, of many. So we'll see what happens with that musical. We'll keep you updated as news comes out. But also a film, right? A film Mm -hmm. that is being translated into a musical. So we'll see how that one turns out. Which is, we know, a very popular trend right now on Broadway. Absolutely. Also, there is a Broadway-bound production of Cagney, which is based on the life of James Cagney, Mm -hmm. which we do talk about in musical theater history quite often. And this is going to be launched by the Pioneer Theater Company. It actually happened um, in a in an off Broadway production that was presented at the at first presented at the York Theater, and then it transferred to the West Side Theater, and then it had a limited engagement in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so now it's finally kind of making its way to Broadway. It's running September twentieth, and a, a limited engagement that's running through October. 5th. This is a Broadway-bound production, but it's doing... This is a performance in Salt Lake City. Okay. So it's still an out-of-town tryout. Right. But it is Broadway-bound. Excellent. I don't... They haven't set a date or anything, but this production is is, um, doing another out-of-town tryout in Salt Lake City before it transfers about... James Cagney. I did think it was quite interesting when I was looking through the team. They're bringing about the same team 
that's going to continue working on this as it goes to, towards Broadway bound production. It's the same team that did it uh, a, the few past years as has been developed and pre- performed. It is mostly a male creative mm. team, almost entirely. And most of the cast is, is male dominated. There are some female in the ensemble and a couple of supporting females, but the entire creative team is male. And that was something that kind of stuck out to me. Mm. Um, but we'll see as it uh, makes its way through Salt Lake City and then transfers um, to Broadway. We'll we'll find that out as it is announced. Cool. Also, we do have a couple of really interesting events that are happening. Alan Cumming, who was uh, is a is a film actor and a Broadway performer, we saw him portray, of course, the iconic revival, multiple revivals, cabaret. Yes, playing the role of MC. I think we saw him the, the second to last night he was ever going to perform that role. Yes, we did. And he is hosting an exclusive showcase of Scottish culture in New York on October 19th. How exciting. Yes, and because I and I this is what I love about musical theaters we're really starting to see this trend of supporting culture mm-hmm. and representation which really starts to reflect diversity. On the same line as this um, event that Alan Cumming is um, hosting, we also have a a few other events happening in New York. So we have the Broadway Flea Market and Grand Auction that's returning for the 33rd year, and that's happening September 22nd. Um, Lots of theater fans, they're going to be packed in in the alleyways of Broadway and signing autographs, and it's really a great way to raise money for Broadway Cares Equity Fights Age, which initially this was launched in 1987. Also on the same topic, we do have Broadway Green Alliance that's hosting this e-waste drive in New York City where people can, patrons and the industry members can donate electronic waste at this September 25th event. So again, we're supporting the idea of green mm-hmm. and, and supporting the environment and, and offering an opportunity for people to assist in um, donating their electronics. What a great idea. I think so too. It hasn't been going on too long, but it's a great way to also support the Broadway League and Equity Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Mm-hmm. There's a Netflix adaptation of the Jason Robert Brown musical 13 that is in the works, Tim. Really? Yes. So 13, you know, is the musical where they're bringing teens and the Torah to the small screen on TV. And and, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but a little known fact, Ariana Grande actually got her start in the musical 13. Yes, you are correct. So there's going to be an adaptation of that musical as well. And we saw that there was a recent adaptation a few years ago Mm -hmm. of Jason Robert Brown's musical, The Last Five Years. But the musical centers around Evan Goldman, who Uh on the verge of turning 13, following his parents' divorce, moves to Indiana with his mom, thrown into a new environment. He must now navigate crushes, cool kids, and a little more homework at his bar mitzvah approaches. little more homework to do. Yes. And then the last thing I wanted to discuss with you, which I, I think you're going to be really excited about, mm-hmm. is that the original actress who played Gloria Estefan in Broadway's On Your Feet. Oh, yeah. Anna Villafagne. Uh, yes, 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 yes. She's going to host this Viva Broadway series, mm. which was launched in September um, 15th and is going to go through October 13th. And it's really the support of the Broadway Hispanic Heritage Month, with, which is happening this month right now. That's the, right. The Hispanic Month Celebration. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be um, a way to, they're utilizing this as a way to um, 
build a bridge between the community, especially the Hispanic community with the world of Broadway and the Latinx audiences around the country and, and create awareness of the culture of Latinx, which I know that... Something I'm exceptionally passionate yes, about. Yes, we talk being, about this all the time. myself. Absolutely, yes. And so I started to really think about these top, the news, and I really think that a great, great topic to take us into is going to be this Latinx experience in musical theater, mm-hmm. because we're starting to talk about cultures and how we can celebrate cultures on Broadway. Right. And I think that there, I think you did some research on this after we had talked about it a few days ago. What did you discover? So as I was doing research on uh, Leguizamo's production of Latin History for Morons, I was curious to know what what uh, caused him to want to start this production. And it turns out it was based on a story that he was shared uh, about his son who was being picked on at school. Uh, and basically, the show just takes you on this journey about um, learning what it means to be Latin and Latin in this community, and also not just educating uh, white members of the of the United States population, but more importantly, educating Latinos here in this country that maybe have been separated from their culture. Uh, so that led me to start thinking about how we place stereotypes within the Latinx community when it comes to casting. I think this is a very specific conversation that we've had a lot we've had it in a few of our episodes Mm -hmm. slightly but never on a detailed level and i think this is something that especially us with our students in a predominantly latinx community in Mm -hmm. our schools especially when you get more inland in california and orange county we see these students where our communities are mostly latinx performers that's right uh 50 over 50 percent of the student makeup at fullerton college itself is of the latinx community and so it's really something i think that we're both passionate about living in southern california about creating greater representation within the latinx community yes so i started thinking a lot about how stereotypes have been placed on Latinx roles, characters in predominantly Latinx shows. And this is something we've talked about quite often that just hasn't gotten to a podcast yet. Mm -hmm. There's been this surge of musicals being produced, specifically where we're located in Southern California right now at Union Theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a couple, about three or four of them that are predominantly being produced. It's quite regularly right now. That's right. Every theater. Right now, West Side Story is quite a popular show. Uh, I don't know if it's popular for everyone across the country, but here in Southern California, we've been hearing about multitudes of productions popping up. Um, There have been several productions of Man of La Mancha that have come up in the last year or two. Uh, And also even Evita. Yes. Um, I know of two productions in Southern California that are currently going on Mm -hmm. right now. There's there's a concert and then there's a stage production of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it got me wondering um, about how... How much of an emphasis are we actually placing from a creative point of view on ensuring that we are creating greater representation for the Latinx community for these roles like Eva Peron and like um, Miguel de Cervantes, uh, who obviously plays the Man of La Mancha, Mm -hmm. and of course Maria in West Side Story. And I started thinking about how there's a history of kind of whitewashing. Absolutely. And I don't want to blanket that term because I think that's a really important thing to understand is that... As Latinos, we, I feel like much, much of our culture has been, in terms of the theatrical culture, has been whitewashed. If you look at the history of the main title roles that have been played over the years from, you know, from Evita to Man La Mancha to West Side Story, historically, many of those principal roles have gone to white 
white performers. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I struggle with that in 2019 because being a Latin performer myself from the Latinx community, I feel like there needs to be greater imagination when it comes to actually seeking out those roles. And, and I would, I'm, I'm championing uh, people to, to work towards creating more opportunity for members of the Latinx community in these specific roles. Yeah, because I always think, when we always have these conversations, and this is exactly why we started this podcast, Mm -hmm. we wanted to have these really tough conversations and to see how we could really advocate for the change and and create this discussion and Mm -hmm. make it a discussion and not just something that's a one-sided story, but really talk about why this happens. And I, I really don't think that it's out of um, anger. I just feel like they people do not understand. And I, this is something you've really taught me since um, we've been together for quite a long time <laughs> by learning about your culture and being around your family and learning how important it is to have yourself represented in these roles where it's talking about your culture versus somebody that is a white person telling that story. And I think that there is also a systemic problem when it comes to face value Absolutely. Of, of the way somebody looks on the exterior versus how they perceive themselves. For example, I know many, many roles that have been cast based on the color of someone's skin. And now with the Latin community, that that means a myriad of different things. What it, what does it mean to be Latinx? We have members of the African-American community that are Latinx. We have, we yes. have wh- uh, white members of the of Latinx community. We have brown members of the Latinx community. And so my question to you is, is there a, a stigma that is placed on roles in shows like West Side Story that, you know, in order to play the sharks, you have to be, quote unquote, brown? Can you be light skinned? Uh, and still be of the Latinx community, which there are many, many members of the Latinx community who are light-skinned, but because they don't look quote-unquote brown, right? are we... Or they look brown, and they're, or they look, quote, Latinx, yep. and they're not. So I think that is a very challenging problem that we have, and we've talked about this before, is you cannot come right out and when you're hiring somebody for a job and say, what is your heritage, what no, is your culture, illegal. where you're you from. You can't do that, yeah. Correct. And this, I was thinking about this quite often the past 24 hours when we were just kind of laying this down. I recently was in a production of Evita. Mm-hmm. And I now after having this discussion with you, I think back now and I, I, I feel like I, as a performer that is very much trying to be more inclusive, I shouldn't have auditioned for that production. I think I, I've had this conversation with my students in the classroom and they posed to me a reverse question. It was, how do we... If we are light-skinned and we don't create the perception when we walk in the room that we are of the Latinx community based on a stereotype, how are we to be seen by the director or creative team as as Latinx? Yes. And so I told them, I said, my hope is that, and this is something that I'm educating myself in also Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to representing myriad of different Mm -hmm. uh, cultural identities and races in a show. If the director is looking for a specific role, let's say in the case of Man La Mancha, I feel passionately that the primary character of that show, the vehicle of that show, should be from the Latin community. As a director, if I were directing that, I would put in the breakdown, must be from the Latinx community. Community. And then it takes the prowess off of the creative team and puts it on the actor that comes in the room. Because those people that are coming in the room to audition for Miguel de Cervantes Mm -hmm. are 
I'm taking their word that they are of that community. You're informing them I'm of informing what them. you're looking for. And I and it's really, it's, it kind of blows my mind now that we've been discussing this quite often in our, in our house is why should we have to state that? Mm-hmm. But we do now. And, and if we put it out there as a director, then people know, oh, they're really looking for someone that is from the Latinx community to play Maria. And, and I think that that's important because... I feel that in the education system, that's getting lost. Yes. We're, we're losing something in translation with our students when it comes to talking to the, about them in uh, their courses, in their musical theater courses, about what you should and shouldn't audition for. And I even think beyond ed- the educational arena, we're, I mean, y- union audition, like my, the where I did the production was a u- mostly union um, house mm-hmm. and almost the entire cast was union and now I think about it I'm I, I I should have known better because I felt I was misrepresenting your culture and so I'm learning from that but I'm gonna put that on the director specifically only because they yes. did not make that clear and they cast you that they is specifically true. cast you in that role so unless you've been educated in that light how are you to know? That is true. That is true. But I, I do think it's on us as actors as well. We should be smart actors to go in to know, you know, I can't I can't be in certain shows because mm-hmm. it's it's just doesn't represent the material. And we should know that as performers. I think it is on us as well. We need to be informed and to understand the work that we are auditioning for. So I, right. I think it is twofold. I agree. Uh, since we're talking about uh, Avita a little bit, I, I want to... Talk about this 2017 Playbill.com article that came out that talked about the whitewashing of the title roles of Eva Perón, uh, Che, and Magaldi. Um, there was this theater company in uh, north of Boston that had been criticized, this was back in 2017, for not casting a single Latinx performer in any of their title roles. Oh, no. And um, there were two uh, actors activists that had been very vocal about this. Uh, Luis E. Mora was one of them, uh, and Lauren Villegas was another. And Luis Imora said, and quote, I think that this theater comp- company underestimated the voice of the Latinx community. He goes on to say, noting that the theater's decision to remove, remove critical posts on Facebook has resonated with so many Latinx people who feel silenced. I don't think that they expected this to become a national conversation. Truth be told, neither did I. This is Luis Mora speaking. But their unwillingness to have a discussion which tells me that they do feel at fault. And the theater company's response, their counter-argument was, there was no part of the story, referring to Evita, that speaks to events happening to her or not happening to her because of her race, nor are her actions motivated by her race. Yes, Eva Peron was a real person with a nationality and a race, so are Maria von Trapp, Maria uh, Callas, and other real-life people portrayed in stage shows. When the character's race is not part of the narrative, the piece being presented on stage, anyone or any race should have the opportunity to play them on stage or screen. And that's in quote from in quote. the producer of this theater, theater and response. Oh, this just breaks my heart because I wonder, do they not understand what they're <laughs> saying and i i think the first page that grabs me above and beyond the whitewashing of the roles is the fact that they're referring to latinx community as a race right and i'm gonna finish this little clip here because i think this next moment speaks to this so lauren viegas who's another actress uh activist in the latinx community in new york city responded by saying latinx is not a race it is a culture 
We don't think it is up for debate whether or not Argentinians are Latinx. Latinx people come in all shades and all races. By the very nature, Latinx people are a more complex, uh, complex mix of ethnic groups from indigenous American peoples who survived genocide, African peoples who survived slavery, and European colonizers. The mixed ethnic ba background of Latinx people throughout Latin America, including Argentina, is a shared Latin experience. Mm. And so I think that's, there's the rub right there. Well said, yes. I think it's a group of uneducated people about the Latinx experience. I don't think they understand what it, how it really affects Latinx people. And then their response is fear. And so by them deleting all these comments and whatnot, it shows that they weren't willing to have a conversation. That is right. exactly why we started this podcast. And it's about education. Yes. It's not about pointing fingers no. or singling it about. Let's have a discussion about it. Mm -hmm. Let's learn. And I, and I hope anybody listening takes that to heart as well, that it's okay to say I did something wrong or I don't understand that culture and I don't, I don't understand your side of it. Let's have a discussion about it. That's right. And, uh, and I, that's unfortunate that the, that company, you know. And hopefully they've evolved from, hopefully. from 2017. And I hope that they're more, much more conscientious and aware of that. Yes. When casting productions, whether it be Latinx, whether it be, you know, Asian Pacific Islander or any other culture or race, that they're more sensitive to the experience of those people of color who've and, been on the sidelines and marginalized yes. for so long. And if you, if you are going to produce a musical that is based in the Latinx culture and is representing that community, then if you are not from that community, reach out, have people on your mm -hmm. team. And I know we haven't gotten to this yet, but what, can we represent that on our creative team, mm -hmm. our designers, our stage managers, our stitchers, everybody, can we represent that as well to support the story that we're telling? And also, as educators, I'm, I'm branching out to all the educators in musical theater and in theater abroad. How do we educate our youth that are coming up in these collegiate programs? And let's have these honest conversations. Let's get in the room and let's open up a frank and honest conversation about what are the roles that they should be going out for and shouldn't be going out for and why. Uh, how are we misrepresenting culture when we get cast or uh, or audition for these roles that are outside of how we see ourselves. Correct. Like I, I could, I know, like I'm never going to go in and audition for Ava Perone <laughs> or Maria. I, I, it's just, I, 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 I am aware of that. And I think a lot of that is because of you, because of, you know, where you come from and the discussions that we've had. And it's changed my mind. And that is it again, having discussions. That's right. So that's the change that we really want to advocate for is having discussions. And if you don't understand something or if you, you're fearful of, of making a wrong decision, if you're directing or producing or choreographing your own design team, is to reach out to people from that community. And please, please have the imagination to find those performers from the Latinx community to cast in those principal roles yes. of Miguel de Cervantes or Maria or Anita, Anita or, um, or Eva Peron or Juan Peron, any of these roles. Yes. They're, a, they're a, an opportunity for us Latinx people to be represented on the Broadway stage and the regional stage abroad. And it is imperative. It is important. It's something I'm really passionate about. And I really want to see greater representation within the Latinx community on Broadway and regionally. Absolutely. Good talk. <laughs> okay, Tim. What is the answer to our puzzler, which is wrapping up our topic today? Okay. So just to go back to the question, the question was, how many Latinx women 
have portrayed the title role of Eva Peron on Broadway, internationally, or on a Broadway union tour. And I'll include film as well. Okay, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. I, 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 I'm going to say two, maybe three. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to guess two. What's the answer? Drum roll. Out of the 12 Avas that have initially portrayed the title role in either an international, Broadway, or film production. Not including replacements. And tour. Or understudies. Only one has actually been from Latin America. Stop it. Elena Roger, who is from Buenos Aires, she starred in the... The Revival. The Revival. Yes, I remember her. She starred in the 2006 West End production... And then the 2012 Broadway production with Ricky Martin. Yes. Can you believe out of 12 women that have portrayed Eva Peron initially in a major, major international Broadway union tour or film, only one has been of Latin American descent. I unfortunately can believe that. And I hope that we can start to have these discussions to change because that is almost embarrassing as a musical theater educator performer director it, it it's uncalled for it shouldn't be like that and i know that people all over the the country do these musicals and don't think about it and i'm hoping that this episode just makes you just really think about these musicals instead of just thinking oh i love this musical it's so great i want everybody to see it just think about the culture that you're representing exactly So uh, we're going to leave you today with a little uh, snippet of John Leguizamo talking about his conception for his production of Latin History from Warrens, which is currently playing in L.A., and we're going to go try and catch it this weekend. Yes. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everyone, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. My son was being bullied at school in eighth grade, racially profiled. I wanted my son to beat the bully, Not, not physically, not insulting him, but with facts and information. So I started reading up on all these websites and getting all these books, finding more books. And what ended up happening was I was the one that felt empowered. I'm the one that stopped feeling like a second class citizen. Then I said, oh my God, I want to put this in a show so I can disseminate this information. And you know, people who come see the show become like little soldiers that pass this information on. Who would have thought that colonization could be so much fun? What's crazy about it is that we're 20% of the population of the United States, almost 70 million people. and. Our stories are nowhere to be seen. The gatekeepers aren't allowing our stories, and it's got to change. And I'm hoping with my show, I I motivate enough people to cause some kind of ruckus and people to rise up and make changes.